Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, AGT Foods has created a program designed to help food banks and have Saskatchewan producers involved. The weekly look at the grain markets with Adam Piccalo of PI Financial. And my chat with Glenn Yakimowski, the winner of the 620 CKRM Country Cookout. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. This is SaskAg Today with 620CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. AGT Foods and Ingredients Incorporated is lending a helping hand to local food banks. Yesterday, the company launched the AGT Food Bank Crop Exchange Program in partnership with Food Banks Canada and Drive Away Hunger. The program will involve producers who are encouraged to donate a portion of their crop to their local AGT Foods delivery location. It can be a load of pulses, grains, or canola. President and CEO of AGT Foods, Murad El-Khatib, says food insecurity is a growing issue. Food insecurity in our province, 43% of the uh, people being served by the Dutch food bank as children. Uh, you know, that's something that's important to me. It's something that's important to myself and my family. And uh, it's probably one of the prouder days I've had, you know, in terms of, of realizing how much of an impact we can make. This will be, in my mind, a multi-million dollar program that we think will survive like the driveway under for 20 years. So this could be a very pivotal uh, way in which we alleviate food insecurity in our province. Al-Khatib says the program will start in Saskatchewan's two biggest cities before eventually expanding. We're absolutely committed to this program. And, you know, we're going to roll it out across Saskatchewan and then we're not done there. We want to roll it out in Alberta and Manitoba. You know, we can look at how we can uh, spread the program to be a national program. You know, our facilities are much more Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta. But we thought we'd start with the, the strongest, uh, you know, uh, footprint, which is Regina and Saskatoon food banks linking to the 36 food banks in Saskatchewan. This gives every region of this province an opportunity, you know, to uh, to participate. And, you know, again, why we want to have broad-based uh, participation is food insecurity is not isolated to the cities. It's not isolated to only certain areas of this province. It's widespread inflation and, uh, you know, other economic pressures are making it even more of a magnitude. So, you know, again, we're in this thing. You know, this is uh, going to be one of our, our feature foundational you know, social goals in our Canadian business. And I'm pretty excited to have that right here at home. 
He expanded on the logistics and how Food Banks Canada will be involved. Yeah, there will be a, it will be a combination. So you know, you'll ultimately have you know an ability to uh, take the product. You know, we will I think see a growth as the program grows in terms of more uh, local packaging. You know, local opportunities. You know, if we look at uh, you know on, on the side today, we're looking at you know lentil and oat growth soup mixes that are going to be uh, produced and are going to be you know food bank uh, staples that are going to be provided. So we'll do some of that locally. What we can do locally, we'll try and do at scale. You know, again, we have a retail packaging and distribution business. We have you know truckloads of product going across this country all the time. Food banks in Canada have a tremendous logistical network. I mean, they're moving millions and millions of pounds of food. So what we'll do is we'll coordinate that all. We'll exchange it to what is needed. We'll coordinate the logistics and we'll make sure that the maximum amount of the program goes into food and not into administration and logistics and all of those things. So that's the key. It's, it's, it's about scale. You know, we need to give them the ability in the food banks and use the Regina and Saskatoon at the start as the regional hubs. You know, where we can ship full truckloads of product or prepare full large quantities to get the economy of scale and then it'll get pushed out to uh, the regions. Farmers will have the ability to designate their donation to try and stay in their region, which I think is also an important part of the program. Some uh, producers will want, and farm families will want to help generally. Others see their neighbors struggling and they want to have an ability to, to give them that uh, you know, as soon as they can. Al-Khatib believes the program will be successful because Saskatchewan people have a history of being generous. A producer that is struggling, you know, again, uh, they'll certainly feel the empathy of that struggle. And if they have product that can be converted, you know, I think I, to help the region, I think that we're still going to see strong uptake from all, you know, levels, from the smallest farmers to the largest farmers. And, you know, again, the Saskatchewan people, like, it's just foundational to how we were all you know born and raised we're empathetic people that, that want to give we're giving them the method in which to give what is actually needed Again, giving is always great but if it's mismatched giving it doesn't have the impact this is what we think is going to be an impact and this was an idea that we just had sitting around with farm credit with food banks you know and we were sitting around and we were brainstorming how could we get something that would make a big impact and the exchange program was the idea that we landed on and we think it's an amazing idea agt explains in a news release producers can commit to an amount and round down their delivery that means if a producer delivers 40 metric tons and chooses to donate one metric ton of their crop Local and provincial food banks get a dollar-for-dollar food credit with EGT towards pasta, rice, pulses, and staple foods. Producers will get a taxable receipt for their donation at fair market value and be paid for the 39 metric ton delivery. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. Up next is Adam Bacallo of PI Financial breaking down this week's grain market's performance. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist, prairieeavestrough.ca. And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. 
The saying goes, the trend is your friend. And a market analyst used it to describe where canola futures are going. Adam Callow with PI Financial says the November canola contract has gone down in recent weeks. The November contract still kind of moving down here this week, down approximately $37 a ton, sitting currently at about $7.26. So canola now has still been on kind of a slide since it's a September 1st price at about 817 is the high. So uh, a decent drop still here for canola. Soybeans have been moving down. Today here, soybean oil is actually having a pretty strong day. So we might see that uh, spill over to the canola side here at some point. But right now on, on the soy complex, really the, the bias is, is down on the charts uh, and supply and demand kind of look on the negative side. So really the most positive argument for soybeans to go higher is really the breadth of the bear case is kind of overdone. In in other words, if there's kind of too many people on the bear side, then that's when we might see, you know, I would say a little bit of uh, kind of a switch on that side. But we have seen really an oversold condition for, for November soybeans. And I would aggressively say too, kind of oversold here on the canola side. But uh, I've said this before, the trend is your friend. And right now that trend really is down. So can, I, I see, you know, on the canola side here, Next support kind of below this, you know, at 720 is closer to that 700, 680. I don't think we're necessarily getting back down to kind of the lows of about 610 that we saw back in uh, kind of end of May there. But uh, right now, I would say, again, trend is your friend and, and the trend is lower on canola. He adds crude oil is an outside factor affecting canola prices. So crude oil, again, moving up here today above that $90 still. Um, which actually has now started to kind of help support the Canadian dollar to go higher. So since uh, the beginning of September here now, the Canadian dollar is up almost uh, one and a half cents. So I think that's maybe putting a little bit of pressure on canola as well too. Again, harvest pressure, but overall right now too, that's why I kind of follow the technical side of things. It doesn't seem like anybody wants to go on the long side of this market yet, but uh, I was just actually talking about this with the client uh, before this is he's planning on selling some canola because of bin space. And then we're going to be buying it back on paper. So buying futures or buying call options because he still wants to be in the market. So uh, that's a strategy for producers to kind of think about. Supply and demand is another factor. Yeah, definitely. Because again, we, we won't have uh, another report coming out for a few weeks time from StatsCan. So um, traders are going to be kind of going with whether the trends are on, on the bean markets and things like that. And, you know, for canola, at least there doesn't seem to be any, any buyers kind of right now, at least. As for wheat, Piccolo says the December Minneapolis wheat contract is also on a downward trend. Today we're actually up about six cents a bushel, but uh, still on the week we're down about eight cents. So um, I'm kind of seeing a few different things on the wheat side. It looks like wheat might be trying to find a bit of a bottom here, kind of on uh, on the charts. I think there is actually some short covering um, coming into the end of the week here, as you know maybe bulls are starting to you know look at uh, kind of this market here. 
And there has been also increasing open interest. Uh, and that's kind of a, a positive potential sign as well, too, going forward. So I'm, I'm watching the wheat market being maybe the one out of all of them that's creating a bit of a bottom, technically speaking here. Uh, and that's where I've seen, again, talking with clients on whether they're moving wheat and things like that, whether they should be protecting here or maybe buying it back. That's definitely a consideration for a lot of farms. Picallo will be observing a few things next week. First on the canola side is is really, you know, canola going to be, you know, finding a bit of a bottom here at some point. Uh, this week as well, too, there was some important news from the U.S. Federal Reserve. Uh, they did not raise interest rates than that was expected. However, they, they offered a little bit more of a hawkish view, meaning uh, that they may raise rates again in 2023 here, uh, which the stock market had a, a pretty big decline from that. Um, and that's where I believe that spilled over to commodity markets. So I've kind of used the term risk off before. So that's kind of been a bit of the feeling here for the markets right now. But uh, September is actually the the worst month of the year for the stock market for the S&P 500 in the States. So I could actually see October, November, December markets start to turn higher on the stock side, which I think why I bring this up is it could be good for commodity markets as well, because then there's more of maybe a bit of a risk on feeling. So I'm going to be watching that uh, for next week as well, just to see how that affects the commodity markets. Adam Piccalo is a commodity future advisor with PI Financial. Coming up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Indian potash does not expect supplies of Canadian potash to be affected by the diplomatic row between India and Canada and hopes to extend a contract with Canadian supplier Canpotex beyond the end of September. India is a leading fertilizer importer to support its vast agriculture sector, which employs about half of its 1.4 billion people and accounts for nearly 15% of its $3 trillion economy. Canada is one of the key suppliers of potash to India, and Indian companies last year signed a Memorandum of Understanding with Canpotex to buy up to 1.5 million metric tons of potash a year for three years, starting in 2023. In April, Canpotex says it had agreed to a supply contract with Indian potash for shipments through September 30th. Ties between India and Canada have deteriorated sharply, after New Delhi and Ottawa expelled one of the other's diplomats in a dispute over the murder of a Sikh separatist leader in British Columbia in June. In a shocking development, Ontario Premier Doug Ford is backing away from his controversial decision to remove protected lands from the province's Greenbelt. Ford announced the reversal yesterday while meeting with media in Niagara Falls and apologized for his decision and promised he won't make any changes to the Greenbelt in the future. Last year, the province took 7,400 acres of land in more than a dozen sections out of the Greenbelt to build 50,000 homes. Ford said it was necessary to deal with the housing crisis, but his decision provoked a huge backlash against his government and forced several resignations. 
As Prince Edward Island farmers prepare for the potato harvest, many are wondering what all the rain this summer is going to mean for this year's crop. Greg Donald is with the PEI Potato Board, and he says harvesting will be difficult this year due to excessive moisture, and rainy weather may have damaged the crops. He says the wet conditions could affect the bottom line for farmers should they need to cull the damaged potatoes. In 2018, there were 7,000 acres of potatoes left in the field as the cold and rain that year put an early end to the harvest. Russia's leverage over Ukraine's export of grain via the Black Sea will likely erode in weeks to come as more ships are able to leave. A senior U.S. State Department official says Ukrainian ports and rising costs could prompt Moscow to reconsider its abandonment of the grain deal. Western countries have accused Russia of using food as a weapon of war by quitting the Black Sea deal, which had helped bring down global food prices, and then carrying out repeated airstrikes on Ukrainian ports and grain stores. Russia quit the grain deal brokered by the UN and Turkey in 2022, saying that its own food and fertilizer exports, while not subject to Western sanctions, faced obstacles and that not enough Ukrainian grain was going to countries in need. Ukrainian ports across the Danube River have since become a vital export corridor for Ukrainian grain, and Russia has targeted the route with regular airstrikes. Researchers at a top Mexican agricultural university have showed the progress they have made in producing more non-GM yellow corn seeds to help replace imported grain from the United States that is at the center of a major bilateral trade dispute. The fields planted in May are generating new strands of hybrid seed varieties to be tested in 2024 with release for planting in 2025. The project aims in two years to develop enough non-GM seed varieties to grow in Mexico to replace about 6 million of the 18 million metric tons of corn that the country imports from the U.S. annually, most of which is GM yellow corn. Mexico's government wants to ban GM corn for human consumption, including its national staple, tortilla, on concerns about its health impact. It still permits for now GM corn as livestock feed and in industrial use in some processed foods and cosmetics. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny. Winds from the east at 30, gusting to 50 kilometers an hour, high of 21. Tonight, increase in cloudiness early in the evening and a 30% chance of showers overnight. East wind at 30, gusting to 50, low of 12 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy and a 30% chance of showers in the morning, and also showers beginning near noon. Winds from the east at 30 kilometers an hour, high of 18, the low 10. Clearing on Sunday, high of 22, low 8. Monday, sunshine, high of 26, the low 10. Tuesday, sunny, high of 26, and a low of 10. Wednesday, sunshine, high of 23, the low 7. And partly cloudy for Thursday, 21 degrees is the high.
Normal highs for this period are at 16, normal lows 2. Sun rose at 644 this morning. Sun will set at around 657 tonight. Around the province, in Estevan, 14. Swift Current, 18. Weyburn also at 18. Saskatoon and Yorkton, 20. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Spiritwood at 22.1. Cool spot in Rockland at 11.6. In Regina, mainly sunny. East wind between 31 and 41 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 46%. Temperature at 20 degrees or 68 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 102.2 and falling. In Moose Jaw, it's partly cloudy. East wind at 18 to 39 kilometers an hour. Temperature also 20 degrees. Again in Regina, mainly sunny. East wind at 31 to 41. Temperature 20 degrees. Back in a moment. The team of experienced farmland real estate agents at Shepherd Realty in Regina have just listed for sale 214 acres of farmland near Belgoni and four quarters near Bollier. To learn more about these listings, see the team at Shepherd Realty. Or if you're considering selling your farm or ranch property, get the ball rolling by contacting Shepherd Realty in Regina, 352-1866, shepherdrealty.ca. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. The Senate Ag Committee was busy talking about the carbon tax again this week, as there are some liberal senators who think there are alternatives to using fossil fuels for drying grain and heating barns. Bill 234, which would exempt propane and natural gas from the carbon tax when they're used for those purposes, was introduced months ago, but has been hung up ever since, but because some senators believe farmers just don't want to adopt different methods. Tory MP Ben Lobb and Tory Senator David Wells were trying to outline the situation to independent Senator Rosa Galvez. A rebate for grid-connected solar panels. Okay, why don't ask for more on the rebate? The other thing is that agricultural sector produces an humongous amount of organic waste that can be used for biodigesters. They use it in Quebec and they are using it in the mountains, high in the mountains in the Andes, that produce with their own waste, organic waste, they produce biofuel. With all due respect, like you're talking about the biodigesters and so forth, that's fine, but those are very small scale, high cost per kilowatt. Well, they're high cost per kilowatt, I hate to tell you that. And it's not as efficient financially as a propane, or a natural gas fired dryer or heater in a barn. And that is a fact. And we cannot put biodigesters and so forth on every farm down every country road that has a grain dryer. That's not economically viable. <laughs> and the government shouldn't be financing something like that either. Here we are talking about carbon tax on propane and natural gas where there's already a carve-out for diesel and gasoline. Bottom line, that's what we're talking about here today. And if I could just add, 
If I could just add to that, Senator, um, the question of using solar or, or, or other uh, other sources of energy, wind. Uh, I visited a, 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 a chicken uh, a chicken farm in southern Alberta over the summer, and they said that they have to maintain when the, it's an eight-week cycle of getting the, the, the eggs to chicken out the door. Um, they need to maintain a temperature of 87 degrees Fahrenheit. You must you must keep it at that temperature. And in the winter, you can't rely on 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 the good luck of weather, uh, especially in these in these climate times we have. So it's it's literally there is no alternative than 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 the mechanical methods that we're talking about. That bill needs the green light from the Senate if it's going to become law. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Saskag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Last but definitely not least, Glenn Yakomoski of Ituna is the eighth and final winner of the 620 CKRM Country Cookout for the fall season. Like a few other winners, Glenn has been entering for years and finally won. Yeah, it's been been putting my name in for the last twenty some years already, so I finally won. So, <laughs> so how does it feel? Good, actually, really good, actually. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the harvest. Uh, how did it go for this year? However. It's going good so far. We got about we got 600 acres left to go yet. So, so what do you got growing for this year? Uh, we seeded wheat and canola this year. All right. And in terms of yields, how has that uh, been coming along? It's, they're about average. They're they're well, yeah, around average this year. So, all right. And uh, in terms of like uh, the growing season uh, this summer, how would you kind of categorize it around here? Well, there was hit and miss. There's some places that got more rain than others did, but overall it was pretty good actually so got some timely rains yeah some some quarters did other ones didn't but every year's different so so how many acres uh, have you harvested this year we well between me and our, and our uncle uh, me me and my brother and my uncle we farmed 2100 acres so and we're down to last 600 acres so all right and uh i guess uh, that probably won't take long in terms of uh, getting that all combined here no, everything. If everything goes good in about a week, we should be done. So, awesome. And uh, just kind of wondering, what's your favorite part about uh, being on the farm? Just taking the crop off is the, probably the best of any farmer would say. So, the most satisfying thing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I just want to say again, congratulations, and uh, have a safe harvest as well. Thank you, and I'd like to thank everybody for coming out today. That's Glenn Yakomoski, the eighth and final winner of the 620 CKRM Country Cookout for the fall season. Up next is the Market Update. Here's the Market Update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly down in early trading today. Canola is up 50 cents to 683.22. Lentils is down $7.40 to 837.10. Oats is down $17.21 to 294.32. 
Number one red spring wheat is up two dollars six cents at three thirty four thirty. The rest were unchanged. Durham five fourteen seventy four. Feed barley two seventy two fifty eight. Chickpeas ten thirty six seventeen. Flax five sixty one fifty four. Yellow peas three eighty two eighty nine. Feed wheat two twenty three fifty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up eight and a quarter cents at seven dollars and seventy five and three quarter cents a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Here are the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is Travis Platt with Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. This past Tuesday, we had our yearling and calf pre-sorted sale which mainly consisted of yearlings, and here's how it went. 80 red-black steers weighing 788, brought 354.24. 70 yearling steers weighing 857, brought 342.75. 15 red-black steers weighing 640, brought 372.50. We even had a little group of 300-pound steers bring 546 onto the heifers. 73 red-black heifers weighing 847, brought 312.50. 83 red black heifers weighing 724 brought 33325. 61 yearling heifers at 631 brought 33925. We also had a good group of one owner Charlet heifers weighing 894 that brought $3.75. On to this past Thursday, we had 160 cows and bulls on offer, and here's how it went. Them good cows are $1.15 to $1.25 with sales up to $1.30. The medium cows are a dollar to a dollar fifteen. Them good bulls though are still a dollar fifty to a dollar sixty, with sales up to a dollar seventy-two fifty. We also had a good set of steers and heifers listed up on DLMS for Hobman livestock, with the steers weighing five sixty, bringing four fifteen fifty, and the heifers weighing five thirty, bringing three seventy fifty. We are now booking into October with the next Tuesday Charlotte and Sim sort on the twenty-sixth being full. If you are looking to book in or have any marketing questions, don't be afraid to give us a call at 692-2385. This is Travis Platt reporting from Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Good day and good selling. The latest pork prices are at $212.02 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskatch Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the resource report brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Saskatchewan's Trade and Export Development Minister is heading to the United Kingdom and Poland for a week. Jeremy Harrison is leading a delegation with an aim to expand opportunities in agriculture, critical minerals, innovative technology, immigration, and talent attraction. The delegation is scheduled to leave Saturday. On the markets, the TSX is up 2 points at 19,793. The Dow is down 28 points to 34,042. Oil is up 32 cents at $89.95 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 74.20 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's going to do it for Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day.
This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.